how much of our internal experience is purely based on our mentality or our state of being versus any true physical circumstances. So I try to take a nap. I had kind of an interesting night, very rare for me, but now two nights in a row, I was not able to fall asleep as early as I usually do. Typically, I'm a fast falling asleeper. But I couldn't till like midnight. I went to bed at 9.30 with my book, as I always do. And I'll read an hour, an hour and a half, and I'll fall asleep at like between 10 and 11. And it's midnight. I'm still up and I can't fall asleep. And so I had a bad night. I woke up a number of times, yada, yada, yada. I wake up. I hadn't had enough sleep. And then this morning, I met up with my two aunts, two sisters of my dad, because I wanted to talk about my father's childhood and their childhood and my grandparents that I never knew that well. And like record all of it on audio to have sort of like a family history from that side, like recorded. So this morning, I didn't really, I didn't necessarily feel like doing that, but you know, I was happy that it was on the books. It was a four hour session with my two aunties that you could tell were so excited. I don't think I've ever talked for this long with my aunts. Like, I mean, usually my conversations with them would last all about like two minutes at birthday parties. And it'd be like the weather, the children, the how's uncle this, how's that other. And that's pretty much it. Like that's the typical kind of family superficial, how's everybody, everybody well, blah, 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 goodbye. I never sat down with just the two of them ever in my life. And I never had this long of a conversation. But you could tell that they were excited that anyone cared to ask these questions. (laughs) Uh All their children and their grandchildren and their nieces and nephews, nobody is brought up like, hey, I want to know about your childhood and the family history. I just just started the process and it was just flowing out of them. Like you couldn't stop them from talking. They they talked and talked and talked. And it was great. I'm so happy I did it. But at the end, I could feel that I was like, wow, this was a lot. I'm a little tired. I'm a bit exhausted. This was kind of intense. And so I came back. I want to take a quick nap because I didn't sleep that much and yada, yada, yada. And I couldn't fall asleep. Do you know when you successfully have a power nap that's too long, where you fall asleep for an hour or two yeah. and you wake up and you're in a terrible mood shit. and you, yeah, it's just shit, just physical emotional pain. Like it's just a terrible state to be in. I'm sort of in that state right now, although I did not fall asleep, but I tried for like Mm -hmm. maybe 40 minutes. And so typically a couple of years ago, I would just say, yeah, whatever. Like I I didn't sleep well. And so I'm grumpy right now, or I'm like a little groggy, or I try to take a power nap and now I'm sort of in a shitty mood. And it would all be explained away neatly and packaged. Oh, it was this thing that I attempted that put me in a physically bad state. Cause and effect, kind of pretty straightforward. But today, I don't quite believe in that model anymore, right? Because one thing that I realized is that when your heart space, soul space, mind space, whatever you want, when your internal space is in order, you can shake up the external world quite heavily and you can still feel okay. I mean, you might feel exhausted or tired or in pain, but you're not angry or grumpy or depressed or irritated or annoyed. These things come out through some physical situation because they were already in. All these situations, I used to say, 
that I am somebody that gets hangry. My kids still know this. And my kids, you know, with back in the day, I mean, it hasn't happened in a long time because I haven't been angry with my kids in a while. But two, three years ago, four years ago, my kids at times would be so educated on this hangry concept. Like when you're very, very hungry and you start becoming angry because of it or irritated, they would go, Dad, are you hungry? Right? <laughs> they would pick, pick up on my state and be like, I wonder if he's hungry. Maybe we just eat Dad, do you would you like a <laughs> do you need a banana? Dad, eat this banana before we talk about this question to buy me this toy. Yeah, eat this banana, Dad. My oldest sometimes, you know, would be really irritated and then he would go, Dad, I think I'm hungry, or I dad, I think I'm really tired, and that's why I'm angry right now, or something. So being very tired or being very hungry would make me irritated. Sometimes them as well. I mean, children go through this definitely. And then I realized that when I was in a good internal space, I could be very, 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 very hungry. And I could feel the physical discomfort of hunger without the anger. The anger wouldn't show up. And I realized, wow, you know, I can be very tired and okay. I can be in pain and okay. I can be hungry and okay. These things are amplifiers. And if there is anger somewhere hidden, or if there's irritation somewhere hidden, or if there's displeasure or depression, then they will bring it out they, or they might amplify it, or maybe they just allow it to fully unfold, right? So it's not a, they make it bigger. It's just, they make it so you cannot make it smaller anymore, right? Like you can't suppress anymore. And that's a always, you know, or today or just moments ago, for me, a humbling state where I'm like, ah, I'm so groggy. And the first thing that popped to my mind was, ah, maybe we should just do this tomorrow with for me. Like I really, because I'm talking to you right now and I seem okay, but inside of me, there's an orchestra of bleeding animals playing the violin in a painful man. Like I don't feel good inside. Like there's nothing inside of me that's feeling good right now. I feel really terrible inside. And it's always humbling to go, well, it's not because of the nap. It's because of something else. And it's also not because something caused this. It is because right. it was already there. So what is it? Yeah. This is the truth. It's not that yeah. what I was doing before is the truth. And this is some distortion of who I am. This is who I am. Maybe who I was hours before, days before. And it's just now a moment where it, I can't hold it in and it just comes all out, you know, flaps all out of me. And oftentimes like this, whatever it is that is within, right, is also the thing that's causing the thing that we didn't say, oh, that's why, right? So for example, if we can't sleep, it's because all of these things that are going on inside, but we haven't really clear and it's disturbing our sleep. And then we're like, oh yeah, because I couldn't sleep. Now I'm like this. And then maybe also there's this mentality, like I have this sometimes where just a bad day, right? But it's like mentally, I'm kind of here and there. And then whatever, I forget one thing here and I have to go back. And I'm like, ah, I bump something. And then, oh, why does all of this have to happen today, right? But it's not because of I bump this thing. It's because my mentality on that day, it's not in a good place. And I haven't taken care of that. You know, so much of life seems to boil down to how much truth can you fully accept in this very moment, right? How much can you completely embrace who you are fully? This is the hardest practices. One of the hardest questions life asks of us every day is 
how much of who you are in this very moment can you fully see and accept? Now, once you accept it, it doesn't mean that you have to keep it that way forever. You know, it might change, it might transform. But the first step is if you can't accept, you're already lost. You're already in the distortion game. You're already in the not fully understanding game, right? You're in the, I don't want this, or this isn't this way, or let me distract myself. And this is particularly difficult, you know, when you are maybe falsely on the mental track of believing that, you know, there's a list of things you should not be feeling anymore. Oh, you should not be going through anymore. Oh, I'm so, things are so great. Things are so, oh, I've just, you know, whatever. I just uh, went through this coaching program or this ayahuasca retreat. And now somebody caught me off on the street with a car and I'm really angry. And maybe saying, oh, now I can start seeing how incredibly angry I've always been. It's harder to do than to think, See, like, I don't know, living in a city full of cars and in a culture like this country. How could if it you weren't for idiots you? like this? This, you know, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Then I'd be happy. I had this actually today as I was driving one of my aunties back to her home. I was chatting with her and then I look at the rear view mirror and I see the guy behind me angrily like waving his hands and waving at me because I was driving slightly too slow. My aunt is like in her seventies, like this is an old, old lady. And so I'm like talking to her and I'm driving slightly too slow for the street. And the guy behind me is losing his mind, right? He's going very angry. And it, it took me a while to notice. And then when I see it, I adjust it. I'm like, oh, I have to drive, you know, a little bit faster. And I could see the committee within me and all the different parts of me having very different reactions on how to react to this, right? <laughs> and, you know, it's so funny, but Germans are much angrier drivers than Americans, for instance, which you would never think. Also much more aggressive drivers. And so maybe this, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but they're really- I, I actually have a theory. I have a theory, but okay, maybe okay. for another time. <laughs> maybe for another time. So the last couple of weeks, I've constantly had a little bit of a of some driving aggression or irritation towards <laughs> me experience. And historically, I would respond to that with some aggression of my own. I'm not really aggressive driver. I'm really relaxed, but the aggression from my side would be against my childhood Germany, like the suppressive yeah. Germany. Yeah. And it'd be just like either an asshole or I would just think terrible things about these people and their lives. And what kind of a person do you have to be? I would have to put myself above these people. I'm like, what kind of a life do you have to live to lose you? You know, I would make them in my mind, just destroy them with words. But this morning, you know, as I was driving, this guy is losing his mind. There's a one voice that was voting, just drive even slower. Let this guy fuck himself. If he, you know, if that guy is this angry, let's see if we could get him even angrier. You know? that voice. Let's see if we can ruin his whole weekend. Fuck this guy. Like he doesn't like this. Let's show him more of it. And there was this other side of me that just went, that makes no sense because I'm really not angry at this guy. Like, it doesn't matter for me to now make it my job to ruin his day. Like, what is this? <laughs> you know, as long as he cannot, like, the thing is, like, I would want to ruin this. Or I would allow that. That part of me that wants to ruin his day is that part feels attacked and wants to protect, right? Is afraid of that attack as well. Is afraid that that attack can hurt us. Like, 
if we believe that we are idiots and we're then, you know, that will hurt, that will feel bad, right? If this person is aggressive and we adjust to their aggression, then we've submitted and this person is dominating us. So that part of me is afraid of these things. And so it wants to attack. And there's a variety of flavors to that. But when there's nothing to be afraid, when that guy has nothing to do with me and nothing he could say or do affects me, except if he like drove into my car or something. But if he's screaming or you know, bumping his horns or something, that has nothing to do with me. Like I don't have to change my state or get involved in this game. Then it doesn't really matter what he's doing. I'm just going to do what I'm doing. And in this case, driving like slightly faster was not painful to me. I'm like, oh, I'll drive a little faster. So this guy is having a happier day because it doesn't matter to me. Like it's not something that causes me any problems. But, you know, I had this two weeks ago. There's this lady in the car and she's losing her mind. And with her was a bit of a douche. I did a little bit more of what it was not slow driving. It was something else in an impasse and who would drive first and whatever. And she was so out of her mind that I was just like my most arrogant self. It just made it even more painful for her. And then minutes later, as I was driving, I was thinking, what did I just do there? (laughs) Why did I do this? What is because... There's a part of me that wants to convince me that she's the crazy person. How ready was I to join that to participate in that? So I'm like, oh. and who knows what kind of like I don't know what kind of battles this person is is fighting. And if I'm so much better and I'm in such a great space and I'm so above this, why didn't I have any kindness inside of me? You know, why didn't I have any niceness? Yeah. To, Can you imagine to like Buddha driving a car and then playing that game with someone? It's <laughs> going all nuts. So it keeps coming back to this. There is no, I didn't sleep well. I had too much of this or too little of that. Oh, it's because of the pandemic or it's because of the economy or it's because of, of course, the situation that will bring out the worst of us. But that expression is actually quite illuminating. Like it brought out the worst in me. It doesn't say it created the worst in me, right? We don't say, oh, this created the worst in me. This implemented the worst in me. Or this turned me into something I'm not. No, we say it brought out. It brought out the worst that was inside of me already. (laughs) That's it. How inconvenient, but you know. It was already there. If it's coming out, it was there already. So the the tricky part is always, it's a combination of things. Number one, we need the courage to ask, what is the truth right now? Like, I feel terrible. Where's this coming from? Like, where's this truly coming from? How has it been felt maybe in a subdued way before? When have I felt this before recently? That takes courage to ask that question because you don't know what the answer will be. And because there's a certain fear that there's something not okay with us when we don't feel okay. There's something wrong with us to not, it's not okay not to feel okay, right? It's not okay to feel angry or to be depressed or to be annoyed or irritated, especially when there's not a quote unquote good, really big reason. That's why it's so convenient to say, ah, I did a pound up that was too long. That's why I'm in a bed. Because that I can say that and people could socially accept that. Ah, that's what it is. He's in a bad mood because he didn't sleep well. Oh, okay. We all get that, right? We'll all accept that. But there's something deeper that's not okay with me right now, where I'm not okay with, right? Something, there's an anger in me, even earlier today when I was 
eating cake and drinking coffee with my aunties and laughing and telling stories. That doesn't seem okay. Like, how is it possible that there was anger in me already or that there was irritation in me when everything is fine? When there's no good reason, quote unquote, for me to not be okay. Everything is fine. Why am I not okay? That doesn't seem okay. So it takes courage to ask that question. It takes patience, real patience, And that's really one of the biggest ingredients to inner work, or at least it's one of the most challenging ingredients to the inner work that I've been doing, is that inner work, it doesn't matter if it's mental, emotional, physical, or spiritual, I find that the number one ingredient you need for realization, for recognition, for transformation is patience. Patience is another form of love. It's like flowing allowing the highest level of life energy we have, which is time, saying through your heart, through your actions, through your emotions, this, let's, in this example, let's take my, my grogginess. This grogginess deserves all the time, all my time. I'll sit here and sit with it. And I, I am not in a rush, which I usually am in these situations, right? I'm in a rush to get to an answer. I'm like, okay, maybe this was there before. What could it be? What could it be? Let's get to it. Let's get to it quick so we can get over it quick. But to truly have patience and go, wow, I'm sorry. I, I didn't notice you were there. Like, I didn't notice this was going on. To have a certain tenderness, like a wow, shit, sorry, I didn't, I didn't notice this is what's yeah. going on. Also, like almost a, a sense of awe just for, okay, I'm actually experiencing you. Like the miracle of I'm actually experiencing you right now, even though it's something that maybe I don't feel naturally like, oh, this is nice or amazing or cool towards, but it is amazing. It is amazing. And a gratitude, right? Like a, yeah. wow, I'm so like grateful i'm realizing this right now like wow i'm so happy i'm i'm actually here for you or here for this and then and this is where you truly where you can't fake that that's the tricky part because oftentimes we want to pretend especially with ourselves oh my god i didn't realize i wasn't giving myself enough self-love okay you're awesome i love you you can feel bad but now let's feel good again like you know what i mean like we're just pretending i'm just pretending now that i'm doing these things but what i'm really doing is i'm rushing why am i rushing because i really don't want to spend time with this pain i really don't want to see it i really don't want to feel it if this the sense was now that it's out there if you fully see it you might have to carry it for a couple of weeks and feel it every day until it's transformed how many people would go all right awesome let's go right versus the <laughs> no that's uh, too much uh maybe five minutes but then let's uh put on some funny music and get, change the mood right change the state and so this patience is really kind of a powerful, that's why, you know, whatever the, the saying is where it's like, when you want to see what somebody truly values, see what they spent their time on, not what they tell you they value, but what they give their time, like, what do they spend their time on? That's what they truly value, not what they say they value, right? And in the sense, when we have patience for something, not just for our emotions, this could be for children, this could be for our friends, this could be for ourselves, for whatever, but Patience is a sort of true love. Like that's how you vote, you know, with your time, how important something truly is for you. And if it's important enough that you go, this is worth all the time in the world for me. I am in no rush. If it happens quickly, it happens quickly. If it takes time, it takes time. It's not a consideration. We're not on a clock, right? It's not like a, you come into my office and I have 60 minutes to be compassionate with you. And then, you know, you have and to- And then we're on to the, the next, next thing. Yeah, yeah. We're on to the next thing. 
We're not on a clock as little or as much time as it takes. That sort of attitude in those situations, that itself transforms everything, usually. Because when you are ready for it, things will unfold fairly quickly. It's the non-readiness. It's the rushing within us that makes things prolong and take long, long, long periods of time. It's the not looking fully, not feeling fully. It's the, I okay, I got it now. Let's work through it and get over it. That attitude is what keeps you holding on to things for so long and not progressing. And it also prevents you from actually getting the thing that you said, I, I get it now, right? That is the closing of the door that prevents you yeah. from pass, going through the yeah. impasse and yeah. seeing yeah. and experiencing and being in that room and transforming. Yeah. That's it. It's that attitude, the, the slight difference. And you can sense by the energy. It's not the words. You could say the most loving words, but is there an edge? Is there a push? Is there a rush? What is the tempo of it? Is it quick? Is it like sometimes even, you know, I was listening to a podcast earlier and there's this guy, you know, now I'm like two weeks countdown to my dark retreat. So I was like, all right, now I'm going to start getting into the mood of like thinking about this and preparing. And so I just stepped into Spotify dark retreat. And I was like, let's see if this podcast interviews about this. And I found a, a little bit something. And the last thing that I was listening to was a bit more esoteric. The guy still was, this is funny. Like once I listened to it for a longer period of time, I thought, no, this is a kind of a nice guy. Actually, he has some good points. Probably very kind, very, very experienced. But at the beginning, it was very hard for me to keep my judgmental parts in check because he sounded like a man that is performing a Zen master. But it's sort of the overplayed peacefulness in a very kind of performative way. Yes, Ramin, what you are asking is divine. Okay, it's like slightly uncomfortable to me to listen to. It's like, Dude, I get that you're super zen out and cool, but there's an edge to the way you yeah. speak at tension that, that tries to communicate relaxation, but it's so tense, right? How is it relaxed if it's this tense? But then once I kept listening, I'm like, eh, this guy's all right. There's things there that don't feel quite, I do feel tense to me, but you know, it's just another human that has is doing a lot of work, a lot of himself and has something to offer. Not everything for everybody, but, you know, not wholesome to throw away, but that sometimes it's just in a voice. Is there tension there, right? Even when we speak gently, you can speak gently and there's no gentleness to it. You can speak calmly and there's no calm in it, right? Because you're performing, you're pretending, but the underlying energy is still tense, still aggressive. It's like these smiling hippies that will say, well, I don't think it's a good idea, Jonathan, to hit your little brother. You should be more peaceful. And it's like there's so much and so much repressed aggression in those parents. But they think they're displaying kindness and calm because the words are very calm and kind, but actually it's so, so repressed. And so oftentimes... At least I find myself telling myself, accept it, you know, let it in, live it fully. But in reality, I can sense that my energy, my whole being is like, let's fucking get over this. I don't like this. I want the better thing. I want the next thing. And that's the trap. That's the beginning of now you're in the suffering. You just switched boats from this, from the pain boat 
to the suffering boat, right? Or from the angry boat to the suffering boat. The moment you don't want to accept, the moment you want to rush, now all of a sudden the river shifts and you're going to be suffering. You're going to be thrown around. Progress is going to be harder and everything. And you're going to be stuck in this. And then your mind is going to start running around in circles. Is it because my childhood, somebody stole my bubble gum? I think it was my grandmother. Was it something that in my dream... And you go crazy and there's no telling what it is unless you let go and surrender and you face yourself. You go, okay, let me fully feel the suck. Let me lean back and go suck as much as you want. I'm here for you. Let's feel it. Let's go through this. Then things might fall into place. Usually they do and things will unfold and you will get a, you will receive the insight. You will receive the answer. Oh, it's because of this. But before that, you just go in circles and circles and circles and circles. And ah, now I know it. I read it in this book. It's because this complex or because the problems in our culture that make me feel this way, or it's on Twitter, it's the problems, these people or those people. And I was like, yeah, no, it's, it's probably just because you don't want to, you don't love yourself enough and accept yourself enough to be yourself fully in this moment. And so you're now you're in the business of running around and running away and trying to escape. And uh, there's no escaping from ourselves. That is this. That's the big trouble. You know, this, you cannot, you can escape so many external factors, but there's no escaping you. Like you always take yourself with yourself everywhere. And uh, when something inside of you is not okay, if you try to run away from that, that won't get you anywhere with a nice view. That won't get you anywhere with nice weather. You know, it's only going to get you in trouble.